It's Jim. It's the World of Bonds. It's Monday, 21st February 2022 for professional investors only. Never ever investment advice. This is a catch up episode. Uh, for those of you who, like me, were off last week, I was off for half term in Obergurgel in Austria. A great time. Uh, other than the kids' broken arm and three hour baggage delays and British Airways nightmares, but um, a, a good week nevertheless, and the kid is going to be fine. Anyway, so what happened last week? It was all about Ukraine and the build-up of tensions between Russia and Ukraine. Things are slightly easier overnight this morning on rumours of a Biden-Putin summit imminent. But nevertheless, the the bad news keeps on coming. And Russia um, did have tens of thousands of troops in Belarus on exercises. They've kept them there, even though the end of those exercises has happened and the suggestions that they'll join in the invasion of Ukraine via Belarus as well as directly uh, from Russia. Um, Last week there were explicit warnings from Biden and Johnson that an invasion was imminent any day now and it still looks like the build-up is happening despite, as I say, um, Russia's protestations that they're stepping things down. Uh, But the initial thoughts were that Russia would target the ethnically Russian regions on the eastern border. Over the last week, that's kind of changed to the idea that this would be a full-scale invasion, indeed targeting the capital of Kiev, which is, you know, hundreds of miles uh, further west. So a, a big deal. And this is causing significant issues in financial markets. Um, Financial market sanctions, of course, have been widely expected for Russia. There are also some talk of energy market sanctions, but the oil price is already incredibly high globally. So uh, WTI, US measure of the oil price is over $90 uh, a barrel. That's the highest for, well, about six years now, highest since the start of 2014. And what would Germany do for energy in the absence of Russian gas, for instance? So sanctions in the energy market are very, very unattractive. And it, you know, it's known that Russia will use energy as another, uh, another tool in its, uh, in its attempt to destabilise uh, the West. I mean, good news for Germany is that this weekend it had its highest ever wind energy output. And surprisingly, as we've had three storms blow in over Europe in, in, in five days, but never it won't be enough to um, replace the uh, Russian gas pipeline if, if that gets turned off. So all of these things together have led to a very weak start to the year for risk assets. Uh, the S&P 500 is now down around 9% since the start of 2022 and especially weak last week. Um, and after a relentless sell-off in government bonds over the past, I guess, four or five months, and especially in 2022, they've caught a bit of a flight to quality bid, especially in Europe. I mean, US 10-year treasuries did breach 2% last week for the first time since the start of 2019. So uh, I guess that attracted some buyers back into US treasury bond markets. Uh, but it's really been in Europe that you've seen the, the bigger rallies in government bonds, a flight to quality, and that's really been the front end of the yield curve. So buns and gilts rallying hard. Um, if you look at two-year buns, their yield is now 24 basis points, and it had been about a week ago minus 44 basis points. So I've seen a 20 basis point rally in short-end Germany at the moment. What about credit? Well, that's very weak too, as you'd imagine. Um, similar dynamics to what we're seeing in global equity markets at the moment. So looking at high yield to start with, 
US high yield index, CDX high yield, that's nearly 100 basis points wider year to date um, and 30 basis points weaker just in last week alone. And European high yield uh, similar but starting to underperform in, in, in recent weeks. Sub financials are 50 basis points wider year to date. And looking at investment grade bonds, they're anything, you know, 25, 30 basis points wider for. Uh, five-year index but much wider if you're at longer ends of um, the market or in uh, higher beta sectors or unloved sectors like tobacco although tobacco has started to stabilize a little bit in the last couple of days Uh, we are now seeing the big outflows the big negative outflows in uh, US mutual fund markets and ETF uh, bond markets as well. So that's both credit, uh, well, particularly credit, but high yield and investment grade, seeing big negative flows there. I guess one bright spark within risk assets comes in emerging markets, fixed income, which um, is a little bit surprising, I guess, when you think of Ukraine and Russia as emerging markets, you'd probably expect that contagion to be um, something to that would worry emerging market uh, bond markets. We've also seen more renewed bad news out of China and just overnight Xianro, which is a Chinese property company, um, it had a perpetual bond that it was planning to redeem, I think, in a week or two's time. Um, it talked about having lots of liquidity and so forth. That bond was trading at 95 cents in the dollar. Last week, uh, at the end of the week, there were some wobbles around that and it fell to 25. And overnight, that's down at 15 cents in the dollar. Um, you know, the expectations that uh, things are going badly wrong there and that far from redeeming that perpetual bond um, in a week or so's time, it, it may not get paid at all. And so new unexpected things happening in Chinese uh, markets too. But on the whole, uh, if you look at, year-to-date performance for emerging market fixed income it's up nearly two percent and that's being led by the local currency stuff rather than the hard currency stuff which has widened um so uh, the the em cdx index is, is over 200 basis points um and but it's really local currency that's been doing well and that's despite the ruble being off 11% since October. But, you know, surprisingly, the ruble's only off about 3% year to date. So not a lot of stress in those markets at the moment. Perhaps one reason that someone has postulated this morning is that people don't have a lot of FX risk on in emerging market bond funds at the moment. So if you went back to uh, five years ago, Uh, Morgan Stanley measure FX beta in emerging markets by looking at uh, the publicly available funds and so forth that they can look at the the compositions and what they own. You went back five or six years, then the market as a whole seemed to have an FX beta relative to their index of about 1.15 times. So exposed to local markets FX disproportionately, you know, they would do better if emerging market FX did well. Uh, that came down to about one over 2020, 2021. And as we are now, it's uh, it's fallen below one. So perhaps one of the reasons that emerging market FX is doing relatively well is that people have taken off all their emerging market positions. The, the pain trade for emerging market FX at the moment is it doing well rather than it doing badly. 
So that's what's going on this week. I think it's a US holiday today, so it might be a little bit quieter, but um, I wouldn't count on it. Have a good week. Bye.